Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hip Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. I like that you just started talking about our podcast, but nobody knows what we're talking about. Oh, because this is the intro to the podcast. We're recording the intro now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you heard the <laughs> Brooke has to go to a happy hour, but she's not drinking. But somehow she's already, she's buzzed, even though she's not drinking. Okay, that's what we're doing. We are recording the intro to a podcast. Thank you very much, Catherine. I am here. I am aware now. Okay. <laughs> Let's start. That's amazing. That first part. Well, okay. So first, this may or may not be your last week because <laughs> might not be coming back. No. I no, I mean that in a way of <laughs> we didn't kill Christy. <laughs> Christy's in Patagonia still. And she was going to do the recording today, but they're something with their property that they're working on. And then she just informed me that she's not available like three dates at the beginning of March. And I was like, well, I still got a podcast to record. So I was like, Brooke, do you have extra time? So we might have Brooke back because uh, she's done such a fantastic job. Do you like, have you liked it interviewing? You're a natural. Yeah, it's been great. I love it. I, I'm just like, I, I mean, the information that I'm getting, the, the inspiration, the inspiration that I'm getting is, it's like, I'm, I'm going to be a whole new woman going out there. Catherine, I mean, you didn't tell me. You, you need to share this joy with lots of people. But like, just listening to, like, these women who are doing incredible things, tell their stories, even just like a tiny little bit of it. That's what we do on podcast every week. Do you listen to it? <laughs> I'm going to start. <laughs> we have like a hundred and some episodes of amazing stories. Oh, wow. Okay. That's going to take up my whole summer. <laughs> You're on your bike all the time. You ride the ultra distances. You've got time. <laughs> okay. I'll listen to some podcasts. Um, no, it, it was funny because at some point in this conversation, we're talking about how intimidating it can be to go to races alone, you know, and like talking about meeting people. And I'm like, or in my mind, you can start a podcast and then all these people know you and you're like so excited to meet them. I mean, like that's how we, we met over a podcast and then we know yes. we met first, actually we met in person first and then you were on the podcast. 
Did we but, meet in person? I think that's so strange. Do you remember how we met? Because I don't. I do. I, this is what I remember. So one, I was at SBT and somebody was like, there's this woman for County. You need to find her, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, whatever, we're really busy here. And then <laughs> we were doing live coverage. <laughs> um, and so then we went to the last best ride and you were there and I met you there. Oh yeah, that's right. I met you at the last best ride. Absolutely. And then you came on the yeah. podcast later. Yeah. As you can see, like just being here a little while, you really get to hear people's stories and we feel like you connect and you get to hear their passion and then you like see ways that those things could connect. And so you really do feel like your friends when you meet folks at races. So, yeah. And I think you get to hear what everybody else is about to be gifted with, right? Because this podcast episode, you know, I'm hearing Devin talk about all of these things. And I'm like, whoa, everyone's going to love it. Everyone is going to love all of these things that you have to say. And like, you get so excited about the rest of the community receiving what this person is saying. And yeah, she, Devin certainly had some great stuff, right? Yeah. So Devin lives in Atlanta where I used to live and does, takes people on a lot of urban bike packing, which I knew that about her when I, so this is actually the third time I've tried to have Devin on the podcast, which is amazing. She finally showed up for Brooke and I give her a hard time about it at the very beginning of the episode. But um, yeah, so we've tried to have her, I think one time each year, the podcast has been in existence. <laughs> we've asked her. Um, and then the last time her schedule just got too busy. And so this time, because she loves you, she came on the podcast, <laughs> but everybody's going to be gifted with what a great conversation it is. And so many practical things, whether you want to like, just make friends in your local community or take people out on adventures, like so many practical things. So you might want a pen and paper if you have any desire to help lead something in your community. So we'll stop talking. We'll let Brooke get to happy hour. <laughs> we'll go on to our conversation with Devin Gowans. Hey, everybody. Brooke and I were so far ahead in our planning that we already had the episode for two weeks ahead of time, fully recorded and our intro recorded mostly because I'm headed out of town to a conference in Florida. So I wanted to hop on before we jumped to the actual recording and tell you about an event that I'm really, really excited about that we're hosting at Feisty Media. It is an event for International Women's Day, and we're going to be hosting that live at, on March 7th at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it's a panel conversation with some of our favorites, so... Celine Yeager and Sarah Gross will be hosting the conversation. And from our gravel friends, we're going to have Allison Tetrick and Marley Blonsky join the conversation. And if you haven't seen, this year's International Women's Day theme is Embrace Equity. And we're talking about what that means um, and the different challenges in the athletic sphere and what that means to those folks specifically and how equity for one person, for example, a cisgendered white woman, might not be the same as equity for somebody that lives in a larger body or that um, has black or brown skin. So I hope you can join us. You're going to see the link in the show notes to sign up to get the live email and you'll be entered to win a really fun shirt. Um, or you can go to womensperformance.com slash IWD. All right. Hope to see you there. 
Oh my gosh. Third time is the charm on this guest. Or maybe Brooke Gowdy is the charm for this guest. Well, she threatened me. She threatened me. So that's why. <laughs> she threatened you? <laughs> yeah. You got me. I was like, oh, fuck. Here we go. <laughs> that's amazing. But Brooke, do you want to introduce your guest that finally came on for you? Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> Even though I've known Devin for actually quite a long time. Did you know that? I I did not know that. And um, I'm sure you've known Devin for longer than I have. Um, But in introducing Devin, I do want to tell this short story that I tell. I think Devin already knows it. Um, So I was on the Great Divide mountain biking route. Uh, I was traveling from uh, Mexico to Canada. I arrived in uh, Salida, and I think that's about halfway. Um, and I was tired, very, very tired. <laughs> and um, I said to myself, listen, I made it to Colorado. And I mean, that's good enough. <laughs> like, If I got off my bike now, people would be like, that's, that's, you know, she's done good. My spirits were a little bit low. Um, I had traveled into some Areas that had little representation and and folks didn't look like me and had some fear around people who look like me. And I was really feeling that. Um, And I wasn't seeing very many people out there that look like me. And so I walk into this bike store um, and they have this major cycling magazine, Velo. I don't think it exists anymore, but they had it out. And on the cover was this Black woman bikepacking. And I had never, ever seen that before in my life. <laughs> like, I'd never seen a Black woman cycling on a major cycling magazine. And so I started crying. And um, I took a picture of all of those magazines that were stacked up. Um, and at nighttime, or at times when I was like, thought I couldn't make it, to Mexico, I would pull that picture out and think about how many of us are out there feeling a bit lonely and accomplishing big things. Um, and the person on that magazine was Devin. And I think like a couple of weeks later, I got to meet her. So welcome, Devin. Thank you. And you told me that story when I was in Colorado at Steamboat. Do you remember that? We're at this bar and you're like, I'm like, you're like, Devin, my name is Brooke. And you told the story and I was like, who is this woman in a bike kit with red lipstick, matte red lipstick? Talking about, I just biked 3000 miles um, on my mountain bike across the US and you're an inspiration. So um, I was flattered and I'm actually glad now we're friends because now I can talk shit to you. And it's been rainbows and butterflies ever since. So yes, I'm Devin. My pronouns are she, her. I am a Black queer woman living in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I manage Radical Adventure Riders Atlanta, which is a cycling community for women, trans, femme, and non-binary cyclists. Kind of started out as an opportunity to uh, bike back with folks who looked alike and different from me. And has just kind of blossomed into this really... um, cool community of folks um, who are bikepacking. Uh, we're going happy hours, we're doing Skillshare um, and just kind of coming together over, you know, community um, camaraderie, love for the bike and, you know, 
above and beyond that. But um, yeah, it's been fun. I started it in, I guess, 2019. So it's kind of hard to believe that 2023. Um, and that that magazine cover was, I think, early 2021 and sort of, you know, set off, I suppose, my uh, what I'll refer to as um, my gravel slash uh, I don't want to say career because I don't have a career in cycling, but my sort of uh, cycling just stuff started happening for me in, in cycling after that, which has been able to um, bring a lot of attention to raw Atlanta as well as um, some, for me to meet some some personal goals that I've had um, in the cycling world. So yeah, it feels um, really great to finally be chatting um, and also uh, just to have kind of, you know, you do these things and then you look back and you're like, oh shit. Right. It's not like in the moment you're not, you know, when you're in the moment you feel away and then you look back and you're like, oh, like that feels like ages ago. And it wasn't, it was only two years ago, but yeah. So life's kind of funny like that, but yeah. A lot, a lot has happened in the last two to three years. So, yeah. you know, it, it can't, it can't feel like that. Um, I, so obviously we met in Atlanta, uh, we overlapped a little bit. But I don't think I know how you got into cycling, Devin. Like, what? Take us back to your starter journey. How did you? How did you even get on yeah, the bike? Before you start, were you, were you? Everyone starts like when they're adult. But did you ride bikes as a kid? I did ride bikes as a kid. I have an older brother and an older sister, but my brother and I are closer in age, and we um, rode bikes together. Um, growing up in Dallas, Texas. And, um, I guess we were by kind of like with the neighborhood kids, um, around, and we used to play this game called city hall, like with fake money. It was really, I'm laughing now, but at the time it was like really intense. Um, it was like monopoly, but like on bikes and like, we would go to the bank and exchange money and like the stupid shit. Um, but that was like, I think when I was kind of, I'd say between the ages of like nine and 13, and then when I was living in DC in say, oh, not even, yeah, yeah, DC in 20, gosh, 2011, I moved to DC from LA. I was doing AmeriCorps before that in LA. And then I moved to DC. And um, at that same time, my brother had become a bike commuter, uh, was working for Jimmy John's and was like commuting by bike in Chicago and uh, building single speeds. Um, had like several friends who were like in the bike world. And I was in DC and I was doing AmeriCorps again and I was kind of just didn't make a lot of money. And I was like, I need to get around, you know, my brother's like, I'll play you a bike. So we did. I flew to Chicago, um, got the bike, uh, got to the airport in DC, trashed the box, put the bike together. And then I like took it to the Metro and rode it home. If you know anything about DC, like I don't ride from Virginia into the city, but I put, it was a single speed. So I could, you know, I just attached the shit and then wrote it on the metro home and um you know back then I was like careless I was like riding with like headphones like string headphones in with no helmet um and like I still dance on my bike but with more control now um I was just like living my dream um going from like you know <laughs> running around like party to party I was like I, my bike took me everywhere it was the most fun and in DC it's flattened sections there are a few hills you know but where I was going and how I was like frequenting, um, different places. It was, it was cool on a single speed, you know, I didn't really need gears. Whereas Atlanta, like, I'm not doing that shit anymore, but, um, yeah, that was 2011. I was being, a, I was a bike commuter. Um, I commuted to work and then, um, yeah, I, in 2015 decided to move to Atlanta and then, um, things kind of 
I brought that same single speed and then quickly realized that um, I was not as fit you as I thought I was. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was commuting from like, I moved here and was like, wanted to s- a switch up. So I decided to uh, become a barista at a coffee shop. And at the time I was living in Midtown and commuting to Emory, which is about like five, five and a half miles each way. But it's a hilly five and a half miles. Exactly. And so, and I was working like 6am to 2pm. So I was like biking at five in the morning, like on the single speed, like struggling. Um, and I just remember getting home every day, like two 30, three o'clock and just like going to bed. Um, but I, let's see, I, I got my first geared bike, like as an adult in 2018. So, which is like, not very, that's like math. Is that five years ago? Six. Um, so not very long ago, like, <laughs> We're all like, like, like math. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Um, sometime five years. So I, ha- yeah. so I had to like, learn how to use gears, you know, like, and when I was a kid, you know, we had the bikes felt simpler, I guess then, I don't know. Like I had to relearn like sh- gears. And I remember, I remember thinking like, I, I, um, had gone on some rides here, um, in Atlanta with some of the bike groups. And I think it was actually a Sorella ride, which is one of the women's groups here. And I remember like, I, knew how to use the gears but it just you know you did I didn't have a cadence yet and then someone was just like made a comment like like that my handling was good but like I was like working really hard you know and it's just really funny because at the time I remember thinking like how am I gonna get this this is like math it's not like math but I at the time like math is really hard for me so I was just like oh fuck like how am I gonna just get into a rhythm of like, you know, that, that cadence of like shifting gears. And now, now actually it's fine. Except I feel like mountain biking is a little bit more like that's harder because I feel like the gearing there is tougher for me just because like there's so much I'm paying attention to because I just learned how to mountain bike. So I'm like, Oh, I got to shift gears and the dropper post and like legs open. And like, you all the, I'm just like, you know, like 10 and two, you know, like all the whole thing. I'm looking at Brooke cause she taught me all that shit. And you know, I'm like mountain biking is, feels a little different. Um, but, um, yeah, I just remember thinking like, when am I ever going to get into a cadence to be able to shift gears smoothly? And now, of course, you know, second nature, but it seemed like so hard at the time. So yeah, that was 2018. And um, yeah, the rest is history, as they say. I feel like I now have like kind of just, you know, ride the bikes I have, right? Just like have a little, a small yeah. bit of bikes and ride them. So yeah, biking um, has been really good to me. So no complaints. To live your healthiest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. Inside Tracker was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. It provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live a longer, healthier life. Inside Tracker can also calculate your biological age, which is the rate you're aging compared to your chronological age, as well as ways to lower your biological age. The thing we love most about Inside Tracker is that they give you recommendations on things you can control to optimize your health, like food, supplements, workouts, and other lifestyle choices. And did you know that you can use your HSA, HRA, and FSA to buy any Inside Tracker plan? Which means you can purchase Inside Tracker using your tax free dollars. Oh, and it gets better. For a limited time, you get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up. 
So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with the science-backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, visit insidetracker.com slash feisty. That's insidetracker.com slash feisty. Um, why, what do you think it is about bikes? I mean, you're doing things with bikes, right? You're, you're doing social justice work with bikes. You are having folks explore joy with bikes. You're having all of the, you're doing all of these things with bikes and I'm, uh, why bikes? Why not hiking? Why not running? What, what, what is the appeal of bikes? Yeah. You know, I think for me, like the bike is familiar, right? Just from being someone who really was able to like um, access freedom on a bike as a young person in a city. Like I was like, I can go anywhere. I can do anything. And so that's kind of where it started, I think. Um, and then to come here and actually I, I was car free for 10 years. So I didn't have a car and I wasn't in a position to, when I first moved here to buy one. Um, and so that was like my means. Um, and then just getting into bike advocacy, being in Atlanta, um, I realized there was like, you know, the infrastructure is much different and there is sort of, there was a need around kind of like city supporting folks, community members, folks in the city supporting like a lot of that change in infrastructure. Um, and I think, you know, between that, you know, being able to experience, and I'll say freedom in air quotes, cause you know, I could talk about freedom in a whole nother context, but for this sake, um, you know, just having access to that and, and feeling free and being able to do things, being able to share that with others is really powerful. Right. And so, um, I think too, like a lot of folks you find, um, folks of color generally, um, you know, come, come to the bike more traditionally, um, I'd say to, for like escapism, right. As opposed to maybe like on the competitive side, because the way things have been set up. Um, and so I feel that, you know, being able to ride a bike and have access to a bike and, you know, have that, that feeling when you're on a bike, the wind in your face, you're moving like that is a real thing. I still feel that. Like I, I wrote, I rode this, a bike, my friend built me the other day. Um, and actually a friend of mine saw me message me and said, his wife saw me listening to dancing on the bike, listening to earth, wind and fire September. Like that, like that's, that's me on a bike every day. Right. Like in this bike, I'm, excited because it has like the sparrow bars so I can really like balance and dance anyway but like I still get that feeling where I'm like you know going down a hill or like riding hands-free dancing like feeling there on my face like I feel like a kid and I it feels so cliche to say that because there are also times when I'm on a bike and you're like oh this sucks and it's hard and I'm on a hill and all that shit but I feel like you know having this like healthy body you know this sane mind um powering this machine with all that is in me, all that I have, like what I contain and to be able to experience like joy. And I think joy can look different for many people and in so many forms and to like to, to have be on a, a fucking Tuesday at 3 PM on my bike dancing in a city that I chose to live in that is full of community and people that I love. I mean, that's just like, like, I mean, shit happens, like life is hard. Right. But like having those moments, I'm like, that's just so, I love being able to tap into that. Right. You know, as much as possible. So I think being able to then be someone who's managing this community and, and giving folks that opportunity too. Right. And it, it's funny because in RAR, we like, 
I talk to people, you know, when I started this, I'd like look everyone in the eye and I'm like, what's your name? How'd you hear about this? Like, tell me your story, you know? And now it's gotten bigger. So I, I don't always, re- I don't always remember people, which is like good and bad. Right. Cause I want to like know everyone's name, all that, but it's great that it's kind of, you know, people are hearing about it and coming to the stuff, whatever. Um, but you, the people tell the same story like over and over again. They're like, well, you know, I wasn't sure like how I would like, you know, do on the trip with like the bike, but then the bags. And then I was on there and I felt this feeling and it's just like in different words, like people are saying the same thing, right. Being able to experience that. And so it is really powerful and fun. And like, you know, I think life, you'll, you can only control so much right in this life. And so to be able to be in control of give someone opportunity to be, be in control of like experiencing like happiness and joy is really cool. So um, I don't know if I answered your question, but I do feel like um, like, and I, and I started running recently and like running is great too. Right. It's different, but yeah. um, the biking, the biking part, like, I feel like there's like, for, well, for, there's like coast tie. I was thinking about that today. I was like on this run and I was kind of just hurting. And I was like, what is it about like biking that allows for like the, there's more of that ebb and flow of like the pain to the like joy. Right. And so I think that it's hosting, right. Or like the downhill, like the not pedaling or the pedaling on flat, whereas running, I'm like, I feel every inch of my body right now. And like, I don't really, you know, so I feel like with biking, it's like, there's that, it's like you putting something into this machine, right. Versus running. I feel like it's like, like I've felt euphoric and running, but I'm still hurting. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, mile four. Yeah. Like runner's high, whatever. I still am like hype when it's over. You know what I mean? Whereas like riding my bike, I'm just like, I feel like there's just more joy, like in that moment. Right. Cause you're using your body in this other way, I guess is maybe that's part of it, but yeah. Well, and when you see a road, when you're running and you're like, I wonder what's down that road, you don't go down it. Cause you're like, it could be five miles, but when you're on your bike, you're like, well, it doesn't matter. And you can cover, yeah, you can cover so much more ground, you know? Um, yeah. And I think too, like an extension of that is like the bike packing, right? Like, and I don't, I don't backpack or like I do hike, but like, you know, I haven't like, uh, done like super long hikes, I guess, but with bike packing, I'm just like, wow, like I have all this stuff that I put on my bike attached to my bike. Then I carried this bitch like all the way to this place and I'm here. I'm just like, that is amazing. Like that, that's just amazing. Um, and so I feel like just being able to, to do that, um, again, everything, like I'm containing everything I need and being self-sufficient in this space is really like exciting and powerful. And, you know, with the raw stuff, you know, I think people just need a bridge, right. They need to see how like they go from today in my life with this job, five days a week, you know, these kids, whatever you have going on to then like wanting to do this thing on a weekend, like how, how, where's that connection point? And it's like, yes, you can urban bike pack from your front door in a city and you just need to have the interest, right? We make, we can make that connection with like the bike, the gear, the education, whatever. And so that feels really cool because this shit is like hella inaccessible, you know? And how do you get to, you know, I think people can understand the idea of commuting on the, on a bike, Right. Black folks, women folks, we can understand that idea. It's happening. We do it. We're, we're okay with it. But how do you get a person? And I see this. There's this fear. Whenever I'm like, come bikepacking with me. Come to SBT Gravel with me. Come to Last Best Ride with me. They're like, oh, no, no, no way. This, that's too hard. Or they're, I'm too scared to do that. And so how do you 
how did you make the leap from like, I like commuting on my bike. I like feeling the wind on my face. Um, this is my happy place to, I want to try this new thing because I want folks to hear, and especially women, like you inspired me to keep moving forward. And I want other women to be inspired to try something new. Like once, maybe even try going to a gravel race because that's a place where you can take up space too. try bikepacking, try all these new forms of cycling. And so what would you say to those folks who are like too scared? Don't think that's for me. Well, yeah, I think for me, you know, I had I'd been wanting I'd seen folks bikepacking. I was like, oh, this looks like kind of cool. Like I'd gotten into camping um, as an adult, um, recently, but I hadn't kind of pieced the two together. And I was like, oh, this looks really cool. And I had some friends who were like my first bike friends in Atlanta who were like, oh, we want a bike pack too. Why don't we try it? And those friends happened to be women. Right. And so we're like, let's, let's check this out. I was coming off of, um, a, a pretty, a breakup and was like needing some time outside, you know, and I did this bike packing trip and it was actually like, I've written about it a few times, but it was really fucking hard. I did the Silver Comet Trail, but I don't know if you know this, Catherine, like Silver Comet. There's like some like bumpy doos, like hilly section, like midway. Yeah. But anyway, we decided to go from the city. Get out from Alabama. Yeah, from the city to Alabama. Um, and it's like 64 miles each way. And I bought this like cheap ass bike off of Craigslist for $90. It didn't really fit me. I think that was part of the issue. It was like all like, you know, if it was all messed up and I was, you know, and I was carrying all this like stress and like anxiety, whatever. But I did this trip. And I was like, it was amazing. And it was like the hardest thing I had done in that time. Right. And I was just like, oh, like, but I was like, kind of just having all of these experiences and feelings and also realizing the importance of being with friends who were like, we see you, we're here for you. You can like fall apart in this space. Like we can support you. I bonked a few times. They were like, you know, really just being careful with my feelings and like, just kind of being tender around like all that I needed in that space. And I was like, oh, this is my first time bikepacking. And there's the people who care about me and who are supporting me. And I want to do it again. You know how that is. You're like, oh, this is fucking crazy. I want to do it again. Like, <laughs> that's basically what happened. And so from there, I was like, this is great. But like, I had this cheap bike. I had a, a, a saddlebag from like commuting in Atlanta. And then I borrowed another from someone else. And then I just kind of like borrowed stuff. And I was like, this is really cool. And then I did a little research like, oh, who else is doing this? And I had Googled like, women bikepacking, like literally just on the internet. And I found at that time, WTF Bike Explorers, which is now Radical Adventure Riders and that kind of a whole bunch of stuff happened then. Um, but then I was like, I want more people to do this. Like, this is like really inaccessible. And then that was like, it was very kind of bare bones, like kind of spreadsheet, like, okay, Mark has two bags for this. Someone else has two bags for this. Like we can connect folks to get bags. And then because I am who I am, I'm like, let me start a community where folks can do this more. And then it just, here I am like, you know, but, um, I do think too, like with, for folks, so that fear kind of, I think that fear comes like it, it can be in some different layers. Like the first is like just the logistics of it. Like you're like, come to this gravel race. Someone's like, Hmm. Like, race, gravel, like location. How do I get there? What like packing my bike? There's all these like logistics that are around just like going from like me today at this nine to five as a casual cyclist to going to this gravel race with Brooke motherfucking Gowdy, right? You know what I'm saying? Like the logistics of that is just, it's not like, you know, that's one piece and that can, the logistics and like education, right? 
And then on top of that, they're like, I think there's a fear of like, I'm not going to know anyone. Like, how can I, I don't have any friends doing this. I might be like by myself. Think about making friends like present day as like, once you hit over 30 and you're trying to make friends, just period, that is really hard, let alone within like something else. Right. So like, I feel like I, meeting people is exhausting. Right. And I do it all the time, but it's just like one of those things, like you're, you're 30 something woman and you're like, oh, meeting new people by myself or like, it's, it's like high school, but like exploded because you're older, you're stuck in your ways, you know what you want, right? You're less malleable. It's just like, how am I going to do this? Right. And so I feel like the two big pieces is like, find someone who you see that looks like you, right. Doing the thing, right. Reach out to them. So it does take a little bit of risk in that way. Like I've done that. Before. I did that early on. I was like, Hey, you're doing this thing. I want to do like this bike packing thing in a city with women non-cis men, can we chat, right? It started there and then it kind of went. And then also one thing I try and do with just, cause you know, I'm on the internet now and whatever. I'm just like saying to people, like I'm approachable. Like I want to be that approachable person for someone who's like, I have questions, but I don't know where to start. Now I do think sometimes it shoots me in the foot because then people are like, Hey, I need this or whatever, which is fine. I want to be that approachable person, but I don't want to ever, ever want someone to be intimidated to like ask me a question or like reach out because I also think it's like that information sharing is really powerful, right? Like that's how we get things done. That's how you kind of iterate, grow, change, learn all the things. And so I think that being able to like break down those like parts of the fear are really important. And so for you, Brooke, if you're like, come do the Scrabble race, like, and someone's like, this looks really cool. Like what do I do, you can, you can point them to like, oh, we have this thing, right? Like, for example, like this thing we did in Wisconsin, like apply for this thing or, you know, point books in the right direction. And I do think there is like, some risk involved and like, you know, you have to take that first step of being like, okay, I want to do this thing, like do the research. How can I get to that next, whatever. Um, And then saying too, it's like, I think sometimes the intimidating piece is like, we we always like want to do a thing and then want to do the most. Right. It's like, I can just go to the gravel race and ride my bike. But then it's like, oh, okay, I want to do like the hundred, like, you know, people like saying they want to do a thing and then going to the nth degree. It's like, no, you can participate in this thing and have it just be like this thing. So I think those events that are also like festivals are really important too, right? To be able to like have someone experience a thing, but not go to like, you know, from level one to level nine. So just having that awareness too. Yeah. I think there's also a huge value. And I know both of you all value this of just like, there are people that are more comfortable like putting themselves out there, right? And going, well, I don't really know that many people, but I know how to. And then there are people that are kind of like, oh, I, I can't, like, I would never do that. My, like my sister-in-law, she's like that. If I don't drag her, she'll never do it. And going, showing up and like blasting it on your social media and having fun and showing yourself smiling. <laughs> you know, Like I remember this when I was doing this boot camp in Atlanta and my friend and I were like scared to sign up for it. And so we went through all their social media and we're like, well, people are smiling in the pictures. So it can't be that bad, <laughs> right? One thing too is going to say like, find a friend, like if you can, right? Like just say like, even that that starting point, like that's helpful because that'll make it, even if you get there and your friend fucking sucks, like at least you like had someone you could bring with you to come into the space. Not saying that those spaces aren't okay for like an individual person, but I do think it's important to be like, okay, like if you can find a buddy that can be like, just to kind of get, you know, like when you think about these, some of these races, like the reason you have those shakedown rides or those, those pre-rides is really to be like, okay, I don't want to meet people at the start line. Right. Cause like people be trying to get PRs, they doing their own things, just a different headspace. You know, it's like game face. Whereas the, even those rides, you want them to be like, not intimidating. Yeah. So I think it's important to have like, okay, 
always feed people coffee and donut before the ride. You just that like kind of casual talking before people are like, oh, bikes, because you know how people on bikes be. What are what are you writing? What what is oh where'd you get that bike? Oh, is that? I think that um your little your knees are a little too high. The bike doesn't fit you. It's like yo, I just I'm just trying to make friends. Like what you know what I mean? So just like <laughs> having the people like just kind of breaking down. There's so many layers to that shit, right? Even just being like, hey, there's coffee and food. Show up. It's free, right? Bring bring the bike you have. Let's talk about it. Now, if you're on a bike and someone's like, oh, my wrist is hurting because of it, it's like, that's different, right? Someone says, but you know how people like- Give you unsolicited advice a lot. Advice, judging what you have. And it's like, I'm just trying to make friends. Like, let me the fuck alone. So I feel like too, like, in those gravel races, that happens, right? All the time. It, what are you wearing? Like, why does it matter? You know what I mean? So I feel like- being able to kind of break down those levels is really important. And it's so easy to just not think about that stuff, especially as someone who maybe like me or Brooke, who is like, we talk to a stranger at a bar, make a new friend, right? Every, every day, all day, not everybody's like that, you know? So just have like having that awareness to be like, it is like so many of the pieces of something that feels so simple to most folks is really not, or might be easier, might be easy for some folks, excuse me, it's really not. So I like to find like a tent that, um, and you'll notice this about me. I like to find a tent that's got um, all the good stuff. It's got a cooler. It's got chairs in it. And it's got chill people. It's just like hang out there like it's my shit. <laughs> Brick's like, I want some sun cover, a free drink, and to sit my ass down. That's basically like, where we ended up the I'm entire going. afternoon at Last Best Ride. Yes. I know I ran into y'all. <laughs> so I like to find it's like, oh, y'all are posted up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We weren't moving. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit, Deva, because you one of the things I've admired about you um since I've known of you and known you a little bit is you're really good at figuring out or or creating spaces that are um very beginner friendly. So you would take people like I remember it's a stone mountain for an overnight mm-hmm. and like they would drive the food out so you'd have a fun dinner. Or you do like really short um, bike packing kind of out at, so things that people aren't like, that's not a destination, but it was breaking it down so people could feel comfortable. And like, tell us a little bit about how you set that up and help beginners take that first step in a, in a friendly way. Yeah. So I think the first thing there too, is I actually started moving away from the term beginner because that definition doesn't apply People don't see themselves, someone who's new to something doesn't always see themselves, like the definition can be different. So beginner could be beginner on like mileage, terrain, time on the bike. Like it can, you know, it can mean a a number of things. So really just like breaking that down. Um, And that's something I'm like more recently or last year was really like, okay, let me like kind of shift the language. But I think when you think about, um, so bike packing, like again, the like layers and that sort of thing you know, I feel very fortunate in that I like wanted to do a thing. And I had a couple of friends who I also already biked with who also wanted to do a thing. Right. But that's not always the scenario. And so I think for me, it's like, you think about all the, the energy, everything that's involved for like meeting new people that all of that is like exacerbated like on a bike for a new activity. Right. And so I think the biggest thing and some of what I was just saying applies here, but like the biggest thing is like, take care of the hard pieces. Right. So I always feed people. Cause I'm like, if you go listen to some, you're going to need to eat. You need to be full. Right. I always feed people give time for just like 
that sort of just conversation. I introduce myself to every person like, hi, I'm Devin, blah, 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 blah. Like say something funny, whatever. Like I tell a lot of dad jokes. I'm like, what brought you here? How did you hear about this? <laughs> I, I love your shirt. Like whatever, just like get people like comfortable in that space. And then kind of saying like, we do icebreakers, right? Which feels like maybe corny, but I like, I did a lot of volunteer leading in my early days. And I feel like people love that shit and it, it helps. It's like, oh, okay. You're, you did like Devin Duncan donuts. I'm going to remember your name, right? Like I like to do sweets with the name, you know, those sorts of things. So like making that space comfortable. I found when I came to Atlanta, like not always the bike rides, people weren't doing that. I was just like, all y'all motherfuckers know each other. I just got here. I don't know what's going on the route. Like you just, nobody was like, that's different now. But when I was coming up, I'm like, people weren't inducing themselves and people were like, what is that bike? And I was like, I don't have any gears. So you need to I have been right? to like, those that was a thing. Same rides that you have been to, Devin. I know exactly what you're talking about. So there's that. And then <laughs> I like named the bike shops. <laughs> right. And just like, there's a piece of just saying like, someone has come to this space. That alone, that is like, a lot. So what can I do to sort of carry them along that bridge to say like, okay, you come to this space. I want you to feel comfortable. And like, I'm here learning too. I'm very adamant when I'm like sharing in spaces as like an expert. I'm like, look, we all have something to give and receive, right? I can learn. You can learn. Share your experience, right? Let's can be in this space together, kind of like figuring shit out, even though I've done it a few more times. That doesn't mean I'm like an expert per se, right? And so and I love, I love a piece of that too, is like with bikepacking, like it's constantly iterating, like I'm still changing shit up. Right. And I've been doing it for a few years now. So I would say that. And then, you know, I think I like this idea of like urban bikepacking. I feel like bikepacking was this thing for cis white dudes in these epic places. And I'm just like, no, like I live in a city. I want to be able to do shit in my city. You know what I mean? And so, and I, we're fortunate. Atlanta is super green, which a lot of people don't know, but it's super, super green. And so we have so much right here. And so being able to show folks, like you can go from your front door to this face and, and all you got to bring is what you got. Is, is that a backpack? Is that the bike that you had, you know, and we're fortunate too, in that there are some, as you know, Catherine, like some trails, there's the path, you know, there's some trails that are off-road. So there's some sections on, excuse me, some trails that are like not on the street where folks can access that are paved that can go to places nearby. And so we do our best to break down all of those pieces. So like, okay, you don't have a car. We meet near Marta. Okay. Because people, some people don't have cars. Assuming people have cars is huge. I'd have a car for 12 years, right? Like that's the thing. So being near the Marta, near the train station or a bus route, we offer a carpool. We're like, we we want to get you here. Let me remove the barriers. I don't do this, but my friend Zara had a a group where um, they were doing bikepacking, and she provided childcare, right? Because that's a big thing. We're I'm gonna I'm not in a space to be able to do that, but that is something that you know people think about. It's like, how can this fit into my life? It's like it's on a weekend, so you have to take off work, right? If you have a, some sort of job, right? Nine to five during the week. Excuse me, not all jobs are like that, but we try to plan it with enough notice do it a weekend. It's one night. And then we have a pre-meeting where we're like, here's information that we'd like to give you. Like, here's, you know, how you would do this, bring the bike that you have and what you have. You don't have anything. Let us know, fill out this form. So just having as much information as possible on both ends to be able to set up for like a first trip. And then we are clear about the route. 
the the like the terrain of the route, the average miles per hour. Um, we regroup, we check in, we're hydrating, kind of making it fun. You know, we go to Stone Mountain, which is, I think technically the route is like 23 miles from the city, but on the way there, there's this really cute market that we can go to. And I'm like, that's a lunch break. You know what? We're riding 20 miles today. 10 of, we're doing 10 and then halfway is a one hour lunch break, right? Not rushing to a place, you know, it's just like, we are here to be together in community on a bike, have a good time. And then you look up the next day and you're like, damn, I did it. I just camped on my bike and did a bikepacking trip in my city. Right. So just like showing people that it's like, it doesn't have to be these, like, oh, I took two weeks off work. I was in like Columbia, you know, whatever. That's cool too. But it's just like being able to kind of see a fit. And I, you know, my partner is someone who hadn't bike packed and she came on on our trips and she was just like, I've always wanted to do this, but no one was like here. You know what I mean? So being able to have that like pathway and that bridge, it's like, oh, like this is possible, right? Like making it possible. And I think, you know, I have been fortunate just to have access to opportunities, resources, people, things, all of that. And it feels like in many ways, like I don't have a choice. Like I have to share these opportunities and these things with other people. Right. And so, and even if I had a choice, you know, I would hope that I would choose that too, but you know what I'm saying? Like, just, it's like, I like, this feels like a special thing to me. Like I want other folks and there are people who come and maybe they don't come back and they're like, like, whatever, this is not for me. That's fine. Like, you know, that's fine too, but I don't know none of those people. I'm just kidding. But just like, <laughs> just in the sense of like, you know, like, so every time we were, we had this one trip recently, we went to a farm that was so, so fun. And like, someone was like, just like, you, you built the blocks, like you put the blocks together. Right. And I'm here on this bike with these bags and like, I'm having a good time. Like I, like it's just mind blown. And it, it feels simple. Right. When you were like, when I'm saying it now, but it's just like in the moment, you're just like, it's just so cool. And it's, it's, I think part of it's people just don't know like what's out there. Right. Because they haven't done the research and like we're, we're removing all of those like pieces for them. Um, and I think too, like once you become someone who does something a lot and then you are like an expert or whatever, you forget what it was like to like learn something new the first time, right? Like I like started running. I'm not going anywhere fast. You know what I mean? I started climbing. I'm never going to be a good climber. Like it's fine. But it's just like exciting to have the experience to like try something new and, and enjoy it, right? And I think it's like there, there's no bar here for like, you need to be good or you need to like reach a goal. It's like, we're just having a good time. And like, that is okay too. Right. And so just being able to enter that space as an adult and experience the joy and like have that opportunity, like it's, it's important. You feel like your kids sometimes, like, I'm just like, you know, you had like no responsibilities, no bills. You know what I'm saying? You just like had to eat, sleep. Yeah maybe do a chore or two. Like it was beautiful. Right. Like I just love having that experience over a weekend where someone's just like, Oh, you thought of everything. And I'm like, yes, we did. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what you want people to have. I need to have all of these things. You're teaching me so much. I'm like, I wish I, I, I want to, can you start over? I need to take notes. <laughs> uh, it's recorded, Brooke. It's recorded. You could listen to the I got, podcast. I got you, girl. I got okay. you. Girl. Just text me. I mean, all of that information yeah. was so damn good. I mean, it's just like so good for me to hear and like just take my adventures and journeys with bringing people to the sport of bikepacking 
and just like making a space for them. That was so much good information. Things that I'm not even doing that I'm like, oh my God, I, I'm going to start trying all of this thing. All of these. Well, even like when we were in Wisconsin, remember we had all those bags and we're like in that bike shop and we were like, we, I remember before the trip, I was so annoyed at Brooke because we were like, we played this thing and we were just like, oh, we got plenty of time. And then time went like, so fucking fast we were like fuck and then brooke's like oh shit it's next week i'm like yes bitch and she's like oh i'm traveling here you know she'll like travel be home for a day take a shit leave go back like do the whole thing and she literally is home for like seven hours <laughs> that's what she did and i was like i had all these bags i was sending and it, like in hindsight we'll send them earlier but anyway i had all these and i was just like oh so annoyed and i was just like how all this stuff and she's like how can i help you I'm like nothing like we're already here whatever like we're doing this thing we get there of course i see brooke and i'm fine because she's ridiculous but then we're in this we're in this bike shop we have all these bags and these women and this non-binary person who are in our group they're like okay here's all the stuff we got we gotta attach it and like just like the energy in that moment of like we're playing music we're like taking everyone's bags like doing the whole like playing tetris macgybering and it's just like me and brooke are just like this is so fun. And then we all like stayed in the same place. And then we're like giggling and laughing till like the wee hours of night. I'm like, look, I'm at camp. Like it was so much energy. And I forgot about all that bullshit about Brooke annoying me and like being last minute. <laughs> I'm like, it's fine. You know, but we were just like in that shop, like working on this stuff. And I was like, people are like, wait, I have this and this. And then Brooke and I are like, you know, figuring it out together. And they're just like, whoa. And we're like, yeah, like it's just the energy was just that, that moment was so sweet and tender and it's a group of black people, which like love, you know, and it was just to be able to, to have that and have that energy and that time together was really special, and important. And, you know, I feel like Brooke, you've, you're doing all sorts of shit and for us to kind of come together with our expertise or I don't say expertise, but come together with our like skills and our experiences in the moment and be able to kind of share that was really, really special. Um, and so I feel like the opportunity to learn from each other is really important. And that trip, we did it. This is the first, that was the first year and we'll do it again, but just, you know, being able to pass that along to people. We is need like, to promote it a little bit bigger than that. I know. I know we, we were, yeah. We looking we were, forward. There's going to be an amazing trip where we do this again, where we take beginners or I don't, we take folks who have never bike packed before or newer to bikepacking. I've been newer saying newer to, newer to yeah. bikepacking. And um, I mean, we are wizards at getting anything strapped to a bike. You give us a velo strap and you give us whatever you need. You get it on that. <laughs> I <bike>. love it. <laughs> Do you remember Max? Max, they had like that. They, one of their participants, they had um, like old tires, uh, inner tubes. And they had this big rack on the front and then a huge like trash bag had wrapped their sleeping bag. And it was just like, we were like, yeah, I mean, it was like, you know, everyone is here in all these different forms with all this. And we're like riding in Wisconsin and this like beautiful backdrop. And it was just like, so special. And I can't wait to do it again. <laughs> That's amazing. And maybe if you have questions about details, email Devin, because Brooke's not going to be at home. <laughs> yeah. Brooke will be traveling. <laughs> I will be home. <laughs> yes. I will be the logistics coordinator. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, you know, I do think like it, it's a lot of fun and I don't know, I just, we all have to like work jobs and, you know, pay bills and stuff. But I do think, you know, being able to have opportunities like that, where we are 
you know, connecting with the folks, inviting them to experience that joy and, and giving them those tools in, in a way that's like, I, I think the word empower is overused, but it's like, you know how it feels when you're like, oh, I want to do this thing. I did it. And I feel like more equipped and I want to do it again. You know, it's like learning how to take care of your bike or like, you know, like that feels really good. Um, and so just grateful that we were able to kind of make that happen and more than once. So, yeah. Well, I think it's hard as adults to do something new and different, right? Because we get into our routines and also we don't like feeling dumb. As mm-hmm. I often find too, like if somebody has a bad attitude, like on a ride, it's pro- sometimes just because they're feeling really insecure. If you can come alongside them and just like walk them through something or help them, like they actually, the confidence that they gain at the end of that is, is massive. And like, that's what you're doing is you're breaking down all the barriers and making it fun for people. And that it takes their confidence, like that next step up and then they can try the next thing. I think too, an important piece in my friend, Rachel, who you had on before I've talked about this, like what it means to be in a space where you're like comfortable being uncomfortable and learning, right? Like what pieces are happening where someone's like, I don't know this thing. And I'm in this space being vulnerable and like saying, I don't know. And, and the willing to kind of receive information and understand that, like, I have something to give to, but like, it's really hard to be vulnerable and like not know. Right. And so being able to create what I, I use the term courageous space. Cause I do think safe space is overused and, you know, you take a risk when you're in these spaces that are safe. Um, and so like creating courageous space where someone is like, okay, I'm going to be uncomfortable in this space and I know that and that's okay. And I'm going to learn something. Right. And more uncomfortable just because like, you know, you're learning a new skill. Right. Um, or, or, you know, how to do something, whatever. Um, so I think that that is really, um, you know, you're right. Like we don't like not knowing, um, especially when you reach a certain age or whatever. Um, so I think, yeah, being able to understand that that learning is, you know, two ways is really important too. Oh, this is so good. Catherine, this is so good. <laughs> so much. I know. I know. Brooke's like, I'm just taking notes. Uh, I know you have a question you've been asking everybody, Brooke. Yes. Um, so February is Black History Month. And if you've been listening to this series of podcasts in February, um, you've heard this bill before uh, on this podcast. We, um, Catherine and Christy, sorry, I already feel like it's mine now. <laughs> My podcast. We're never getting the podcast back. <laughs> we are just Catherine and Christy. We're um, kicking Christy out so she didn't show up today. We, um, they do the work of uplifting um, Black voices throughout the year but especially during this time of Black History Month. And so I want to recognize that. And I want to ask you if there's anything you want to say to our audience at this time that we are recognizing and uplifting um, Black folks. You got anything for us? Oh, gosh, I'm not prepared. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm always prepared. Um, That's also a joke. Um, No, so I think (laughs) when... You know, I think the cycling industry is going through a time. um, And I think that, you know, we've been seeing that since, you know, this reckoning and all of that. Um, And I think that, you know, when groups, organizations, people are thinking about including us, remember that that like, that happens by listening and learning and like bringing folks to a decision-making table that look different from you to kind of help change things. And I think that um, that's like a big piece that people miss um, is that, 
you know, they're like, oh, we want to create programming for black folks. It's like, oh, maybe you should include black folks when you're planning. I'm actually a black, I'm actually a black right. and maybe you should ask me yeah. how to plan that. Um, so <laughs> I just think like, you know, I, uh, that's a big thing. And, you know, I think infinity affinity spaces too are very important. Um, you know, I, uh, yeah, I think we, we, we were, we do a, uh, BIPOC ride and for Black History Month, we do it for Black folks only and like having an awareness of like that that's like, okay, because we need those spaces too, right? So just an acknowledgement there. But um, yeah, that would be my my little two cents plug. Um, and just, you know, I run a, a bike group called Raw Atlanta that I love. Follow us on Instagram. Um, yeah, we'll be doing a lot of cool shit this year. So that's it. Christy, how do, uh, not Christy, you're not Christy. You're Kathy. <laughs> And Catherine, see, I'm never going to get this job. <laughs> I've done a damn good job. And now the last one I mess up. <laughs> okay. Catherine, if that's your name, yeah, it is your name. Catherine. Can you, can you close this out? What, what are these questions you ask? Who are you? Who uh, you? Uh, yeah. How do people, how do people find you, Devin, if they want to connect more? Yes. I'm on Instagram at dev underscore ROX, um, which in hindsight is funny. It's funny that that's my, my name. Um, and then we're, we are at RAR Atlanta. So R-A-R, RAR dot A-T-L-A-N-T-A. Um, yeah. Give us a follow and, um, yeah, thankful. I'm grateful for the opportunity to, uh, be in conversation. Um, especially with Brooke, um, and just to to share, you know, about my experience, and that's just what it is, my experience. So um, just remember that. And uh, I think it's, uh, it's it's always a privilege to be able to share and and be in conversation and um, uplift uh, what I'm doing because uh, the the group that I run, excuse me, because I I think that I want more folks to know about it because we offer a lot of free great pro- programming, and I want everyone to have the opportunity to experience back joy. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, Devin. Thank you. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.